out block them. We got to out tackle them. We got to out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them. You out tackle them. You out hit them. And you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. Welcome in. It is the Dream Preview College Football Edition. I am AJ Hoffman, joined as always by Scott Seidenberg. Woo woo. And we are here to break down the Week Seven card. Let's start with. Well, the- first off, AJ, I think we have to acknowledge the big elephant in the room. And no, I'm not talking about me after that big dinner that we had. Uh, we had a bad podcast last week, no doubt. <laughs> Now we, There's no no way to slice it we, that makes it good. We salvaged winners on the contest card. Sure. And if you guys aren't getting our contest picks, you got to follow us on Twitter. AJ is the real at Scott's on air. I post the podcast the 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 contest picks Friday nights when we put it in. So there's always going to be different picks from the podcast than to the contest. Sometimes it's because of the contest lines. Other times, it's just because information, information, things change. I had Kentucky last week. Will Levis was out. Should we have taken South Carolina on the contest? Yeah, we probably should have, but we didn't take Kentucky, obviously. So what the best thing we can do for you is we're going to give you the picks that we come up with here on Tuesday night, and we're going to give you the selections that we put into the contest on Friday nights, Saturday mornings. Use both informations to help yourself come up with your best bet based on our bets. But we had a bad podcast last week. We did salvage winners on the contest picks. Turned it into a four and four week, which, given our original handicaps on a lot of those four and four, felt like a blessing. Yeah. So I, this week, back to the drawing board. I magically, for, for my pregame clients, magically pulled out a winning Saturday. I have no idea wow. how, to be honest, because it, it felt like everything was going wrong for me. But Alabama staying under mm. was huge for me, uh, even though it, their their backup quarterback kept giving A&M the ball with short fields and giving them every opportunity yeah, to go baffling. over. But, uh, yeah, th- that it was it was the grindiest of grind weeks for me. Alabama. For, for my premium plays. Slipping in the odds. Yeah. They are now third favorite at plus 250. To win the national title, the new the new leader in the clubhouse, the Ohio State University at plus one ninety. Yeah, Michigan so, State will do that for you. And then uh, yeah, Georgia right there, sandwiched between them at plus two twenty. And then after those big three, you get to Clemson at fourteen to one. Michigan seventeen. It's a big jump. After and the and first that Clemson three. game. Now I was on Boston College, and everything that I talked about in my handicap. And some of you on Twitter, which you guys are fantastic. We love the interaction uh, on Twitter. You guys tweeted us your comments and your questions and everything. Most of you on Twitter were right, and 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 I said it on I said it on the podcast, and I should have stuck to it. We talked about it on Straight Out of Vegas AM as well. First half was the play. Should have played Boston College first half. Yeah, and because that's what happened, they covered yeah. the first half easily, but. Clemson pulled away in the second. It's, it was one of those things where if, if we can just get one touchdown out of these guys. Yeah. One touchdown. Well, they had missed field goal. They yeah. went for a fourth down uh, at, in on the 14-yard line they didn't get. Um, yeah, so it, there's a lot of points that could have been had. But anyway, let's move on to this week. We put it in the past, and we look when we move forward. And we keep grinding on. All right, I'll go first this week, and I'll go with a team that I've made fun of a lot this year, 
my good friends of corn. It's corn. It's corn. Never seen such a beautiful thing. Nebraska plus 14. Ooh. Okay, that's a lot of points. It's a lot of points uh, in a game with two teams that play close games. Purdue might be the new Nebraska. <laughs> uh, the, all, the, all of their games are, are one-score games. So they win by one score. They lose by one score. They're the new age. You know what? I shouldn't say that because I just said they win by one score. So they're mm-hmm. winning some games. They're like Nebraska, if Nebraska could win some close games. Uh, the, Purdue's won three straight by an average of five points per game. And if we know any team that's good at losing close games, it's corn. And going back to last season, only one of their 12 losses has been by double digits. Purdue beat Nebraska last year by five in a game that Aiden O'Connell, it was probably one of his worst games of the season. He was not good in that game. But Corn had a classic Adrian Martinez game. And when I say a classic Adrian Martinez game, I mean he threw four interceptions. Yeah. And uh, Purdue didn't turn it over once. And Nebraska still only lost by five. I don't think Scott Frost was all of Nebraska's problems, mm-hmm. but they do seem to have a little bit of fight in them yeah, since little, he left. And I was impressed by the fight last week against Rutgers because they should have lost that game, but they did fight hard in the second half and were able to eke out a victory. And the, the win over Indiana before that. So this is a team that was, after the Oklahoma game, felt like they were dead in the water and suddenly showing a little bit of something. And we all we said coming into this season, Nebraska wasn't as bad as they looked last year. Mm-hmm. They were very unlucky, lost a lot of close games. It's been the case this year, too. It's kind of, maybe it's turning. Either I don't know if it's turning, but what I do know is they, they're in a fight with everybody every week. 14, if this were Ohio State, I'd say, uh, I could see Ohio State blowing them out. Purdue's good, but I, I don't think Purdue's got to be a two-touchdown favorite here. Yeah over a team that plays everybody tough. So Nebraska plus 14, my first entry into the mix. All right, you're taking the double digits. I'm laying the double digits. Ole Miss laying 15 and a half. They're playing against Auburn, and Auburn has not had a good season. Brian Harson is on the hot seat, especially when a guy like Matt Rule gets fired from yeah. the Carolina Panthers and people start talking about where he could end up next and you look at the odds and you see all of a sudden Auburn is like the second favorite for Matt Rule. He's probably not getting that job, but still, you can't deny that Brian Harson is not on the hot seat. Back-to-back losses to LSU and getting blown out by Georgia. And the thing that I've noticed with Auburn this season is that When they play a more talented team, they are not capable of staying with them. Penn State blew them out of the stadium, and Georgia blew them out of the stadium. And now they have to travel to Oxford to take on an Ole Miss team that loves running up the score. Lane Kiffin never stopped scoring. Last week, they ran a play with 18 seconds left to score a one-yard touchdown. Oh, I know. I had the under last week, if you recall, part of my disaster week. Mm. They covered, by the way, with that touchdown. They did. Yeah. But the over was already well secured by that point. So Ole Miss, they but, but you know Lane Kiffin pays attention to the spread. Yeah. Which you like. Yes. You're betting on them. Yes. Uh, they lay it on against bad teams. 42 points on Georgia Tech. 52, we talked about last week, against Vanderbilt. They're averaging about 40 points per game. The defense only allowing 14.5 
points per game. Auburn's allowing 360 yards per game to opponents, 25 points per game. But more importantly for this handicap, they can't stop the run. They rank 95th in the country, allowing 163.8 yards per game. And Ole Miss is running the ball extremely well. They're the seventh best rushing team in the country, 242 yards per game. The offensive line, these boys are creating holes, and they're also protecting the quarterback. They have only allowed two sacks all season. So I think Ole Miss against a inferior opponent, which is crazy to say about an Auburn. This is historically a very good program, but the talent is just a complete mismatch. Jackson Dart's going to be clean. He's not going to hit the floor, and they're going to run all over the Tigers. Ole Miss wins going away. All right. I'll stick with the theme of fading teams that can't stop the run, and I'll use one of the few teams that hasn't covered a spread this year. The old Colorado Buffaloes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Cal minus 14 and a half. And at the beginning of this season, had you said, hey, when do you think you'll be laying over two touchdowns with Cal on the road? I would have thought the day after never. But here we are. And Colorado's just a dead team. Uh, this is, first of all, let's start with Cal. Cal's run the ball well. They've shown some fight. They're one and one in the Pac-12 they gave Notre Dame all they could handle, which we had on the contest. Uh-huh. Uh, they smashed Arizona, and they went they, in the fourth quarter last week. They were down five against Washington State before they gave up a couple late touchdowns. I'm not trying to convince you that Cal is good. That's not what I'm doing here. What I'm telling you is they're fighting, and they are running the ball very well. Jaden Ott has been a big reason for the success, averaging just under seven and a half yards per carry on the season this year. And you match that up against the Colorado defense. I'm going to give you some statistics that will be eye-opening to you. Mm-hmm. Colorado is dead last in yards per game allowed on the ground. 294.2 yards rushing allowed per game. That is 40 yards more per game than the next worst team. Hmm. 40 yards worse than the next to last team in the country? <laughs> Now let's just, okay, yeah, okay. Well, listen, they've been playing against some teams that were able to run the ball late because they're always getting blown out. So maybe let's let's look at per carry. That's probably a better uh, indicator, right? They're dead last there as well. 6.7 yards per carry allowed, over a half yard per carry worse than the next worst team. Colorado's been outscored by nine points per game this year. And that's, excuse me, ATS. And that seems like Air Force, Arizona. Those are teams that were able to beat them by 20-plus. I'm confident this Cal team can do that. I mean, if, if, we're, if we're saying that Colorado's losing games by 20-plus every game, and now Cal, I don't think Cal's the worst team that they've played. Air Force and Arizona are beating them by 20-plus. I'm confident this Cal team can do that. So give me Cal minus 14-and-a-half on the road. Uh, I, I think Ott has a big day, and Cal just runs it down their throat. All right, I'm going to go to the Big Ten, and I'm going to lay seven and a half points with Wisconsin in East Lansing against Michigan State. Why? Michigan State is in a free fall. They have lost four straight games, and frankly, none of them have been competitive. This I mean, this was the handicap last week against Ohio State. Yeah, you know? this is a team that allows 445 yards per game 
27 points per game, and their offense is not sustaining any drives. Their defense, get this, has been on the field. You want to talk about, like, they're ranking 107th in the nation in time on the field for their defense. So now you have a Wisconsin team that got a little bit of a jolt after firing Paul Christ, right? You can't not acknowledge that. they. Yes, it's Northwestern, but they absolutely blew him out. And so they're feeling good about themselves. Jim Leonard has this team believing in themselves. And I, I feel like this offense is, is ready to continue to roll. The defense is not going to get threatened by what Michigan State does. And this might not be like, you know, your, your, your dad's Wisconsin team where they're running the football all over everybody. But collectively as a unit, offensively, they're getting the job done. And I just, this to me more is a fade of Michigan State. You can say maybe they'll come out and have some pride at home, but it's it, it's just getting ugly and uglier uh, uh, for this Spartan team. I've got I've got them uh, separated by five points in power ratings on a neutral, and I think maybe I'm still too high on Michigan State at this point. I mean, they've played since they they beat Western Michigan, they beat Akron fifty two to zero. You're talking about some bottom feeding teams there. But like, Since there's then, no boost for them at home. They got blown out by Minnesota at home. They got blown out by Ohio exactly. State. Exactly. So you talk about playing with pride. Like the 39-28 Washington loss was not as close as the final score indicates. They lost by 27 at home to Minnesota. They lost by two touchdowns at Maryland. Like they're just not on the level of the other Big Ten teams. And Wisconsin is probably a, I'd say a slightly above average Big Ten team at this point. Michigan State, I, I don't think I can say that for. I think they're, they, this is a team that is – things are sinking quickly, and I, I think they're already thinking we've got a bye after this, and then we've yeah. got Michigan. And it, everybody knows if they can beat Michigan, it kind of saves their season, like even no matter how crappy the rest of the mm-hmm, season is. Mm-hmm. So they're already eyes on – because let's think about this. Let's say they beat Wisconsin here, and they go to three and four – and then they have a bye, and then they get blown out by Michigan. Now they're three and five, and everyone's still talking about how crappy they are and how what a bad. Yeah, and Mel Tucker is on. He's we talk about Brian Harson on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. I, as well. I don't think he's on the hot seat because Michigan State's not a school that that throws around money mm-hmm. like these SEC schools do, or like Oklahoma and Texas will. But I do think that he is certainly. He's under a lot of scrutiny right now. Yeah. This is a guy who he got paid a massive amount of money off of basically one season. Mm-hmm. And so far, it looks like it was a really bad deal. Um, he could use a win here. I just think that it's uh, the the talent disparity between Michigan State and the teams that and they I play think, in the Big Ten is just wide. I think in this game, I think there's a coaching disparity. I think Jim Leonard is on the rise and Mel Tucker's on the decline and I'm all about stepping on teams' throats when they're down. This Michigan State team is down. The only thing I don't like about this play is the number, like where it sits. It's of seven course, and a half. Yeah, you know? but it's, it's, I think it's rare that it falls on that. You know, I, I think we, we've seen, you know, teams go for two. And if this is going to be a close game, that they're gonna, it's, it's not going to fall on seven, in my opinion. I think it's either going to be a Wisconsin double-digit win or Michigan State covers, and they keep this one within a touchdown. All right, let's stay in the Big Ten. Let's stay in the the state of Michigan. 
Uh, and I'll go with the Wolverines here, minus seven, hosting Penn State. Uh, this really boils down to me just not being a buyer on Penn State. And they're undefeated, and everyone's excited about them. I, I just – they don't have a great win on their resume. Uh, the jump from a home win against Northwestern last week, which they, they beat Northwestern by 10 at home. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to Michigan. That's a big jump, man. And – Michigan has really just they fly they they're flying under the radar, but they're handling their business. They're not blowing Big Ten teams out of the water, but every game's been a touchdown or more. They're the number one tackling team in the country. Penn State's the 114th tackling team in the country. Uh and Penn State last year, if you recall, was one of Michigan's closest calls on their schedule. But that was Cade McNamara of Michigan. J.J. McCarthy, Michigan, is a lot different. They're a lot more explosive. And asking Penn State to keep pace in a game with this Michigan team is a bigger ask. Penn State has a plus-six turnover margin. They've been very fortunate. And they've had a plus-six turnover margin despite their quarterback, Sean Clifford, having more turnover-worthy plays than big-time throws on the season. Yeah. So Clifford's like his touchdown interceptions like 9-2, to but his big-time throws are 5-6. to uh, to to uh, his turnover-worthy plays. Now, this co- this also gets a little iffy if the contest puts us on the wrong side of seven. But right now, it's seven minus 105. So I'm hoping that the contest rounds us down. Uh, and if they don't, we'll make that decision when the time comes. But at the current market, I like Michigan minus seven. I like it. I, I think I, I do like it. I think Michigan, they're also one of the fewest, um, one of the fewest penalized teams in the country. And I like that. I like disciplined teams. Yeah. So uh, I don't think that they'll shoot themselves in the foot here going up in this game. All right, I'm going to go to the Pac-12. And it's a team that I've bet on before, so I'm going to go back to the well. And I'm going to go with Washington. They've lost two straight on the road, losing at UCLA and at Arizona State. I was at that game. The Arizona State game. Yeah. Michael Penix uh, got, a little, got a little hurt in that game. Not hurt, but he took a shot well, to the, got banged the, up the a neck little. or whatever. Yeah. So I think this is the bounce-back spot. They return home to the friendly confines of Seattle, and Kalen DeBoer already said Michael Penix is going to be fine. He's thrown for 16 touchdowns this season. He's passed for more than 300 yards in each of his team's six games this season. In fact, Washington ranks second in the country in passing, 357.3 yards Per game, Arizona has struggled on defense. They are 110th in passing efficiency defense and 127th in run defense. This is a big number, but it's a big number for a reason. I got the more talented team playing with a little bit of desperation after dropping two straight, trying to right the ship against a inferior opponent. Washington runs up the score here at home. These are their point totals in home games this year. 45, 52, 39, 40. I think they will have no problem scoring points here. Total in this game is like 73, I think. So no problem scoring points. Wouldn't be surprised if Washington puts up a 50-burger. Yeah, if Washington is a good team, which I think the last couple of weeks have have at least brought up the question of whether they're good or not. And when you look back at the Michigan State game, 
it was like, man, Washington really made a statement here. But now it turns out Michigan State just sucks. <laughs> so it, it's hard to know what Washington is. because And had they just had the loss to UCLA, it'd be one thing. Mm-hmm. Arizona State's not very good. No. Uh, and, and they they got kind of punked out in that game. Yeah, the so. pick six was bad. Throwing the interception for the touchdown was bad. Um, and, yeah, defensively, I mean, this was still was a tie game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And if you take away the pick six, it should have been a, you know, should have been a lead for uh, for for Washington. So, um, yeah, it's, it's. Well, like you said, it could just be a, a big difference between road Washington and home could Washington. Be. It could be. And, and you know, the, I, I'm not so high on this Arizona team going on the road. Um, you know, they lose at Cal 49-31. Yeah. And that's that's it. They, that's a good sign because, I mean, yeah. we just talked about Cal. It's not a great team. They're, they're, they're getting they're, – they're fighting. But, it, yeah, losing like that to Cal, it's, that's an alarming, an alarming final. All right. I'm going to go to Southern Miss for my last play. And this is a team that's had quarterback problems all season long. The loss last week against Troy – kind of proved that their quarterback issues are still unresolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that's been there all season long has been defense. They're just outside the top 25 nationally in success rate. And this week presents a real good opportunity for them because Arkansas State can't run the ball. They are, they're averaging three yards per carry on the season. So n- now you get a, a really solid G5 defense and you put them on the field with a one-dimensional offense, I think you're in really good shape here. Arkansas State has allowed seven yards per play defensively, over a half point per play as well. I think Southern Miss has had some bad luck this year, some bad injury luck. I still have them power rated nearly 10 points better than this Arkansas State team. And the only FBS team Arkansas State's beat all year is UL Monroe, who I also rate in the bottom 25 nationally. So I think that there's a real mispricing on Southern Miss here. Southern Miss minus three and a half at home feels very generous to me. I could, I could have, I wouldn't have been shocked had this thing been double digits. Now, would it have made my card if it were Southern Miss minus 10? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But at three and a half, it's just too too big of a discrepancy uh, between what I've got them rated and and what the line is. I don't hate it. Uh, I don't really have a feel either way. But you know, I I I don't think I can bet the other side. Well, I, this is I figured this is one you would like because you always say I don't, I don't know who I'm who I really like, but I do like fading bad teams. Yeah, and Arkansas State I think is certainly a bad. Team. It's one of the worst defenses in the yeah. country. So um, okay, my next bet is going to be my best bet. I don't know if it's your best bet, but it's my best bet. And it is reliant on the quarterback situation. Syracuse laying three and a half at home against NC State. What a season it's been for the Orange. This Has this been one of the biggest surprises to you in, in college football? Absolutely. Syracuse right now is 5-0, and and they are playing arguably the biggest game I mean, from this moment out, I guess it's it's the biggest game in a while for this program. They're ranked 18th nationally. They're taking on a 5-1, 15th-ranked NC State team at the Carrier Dome. Devin Leary suffered a shoulder injury last week, the NC State quarterback. The reports are he avoided a serious shoulder injury, but he is still considered day-to-day. Dave Dorian said that um, there's no word on if it's going to be a long-term injury. He just said day-to-day. 
I don't think he plays. Look at the schedule for NC State. They have a bye after this game. And then they have Vatek, Wake Forest, Boston College. They'll finish out the remainder of their season. And yes, is this game important in the ACC standings? Absolutely. Every game is important in the ACC standings. They lost to Clemson and that's it. Um, Almost lost last week. But we've seen when a team loses their starting quarterback that accounts for so much of their offense. We saw it with Kentucky without Will Levis. We saw it with Alabama. We saw it with Alabama (laughs) without Bryce Young. This is what we're going to see from NC State without Devin Leary. Syracuse comes into this game out of a bye. They're rested. That's a huge advantage uh, for what I think is going to be a tightly contested, stressful defensive game. Both these teams are great defenses. Syracuse allows 14 points per game. NC State allows 15.7 points per game. How about this? This is the first game at the Carrier Dome between two top 25 teams since November 24th of 2001. Wow. Wow. How old were you then? 2001. How old were uh, you, McKenzie, in 2001? 2001, I was 16, 17. I was 11 years old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a long time, friends. That is a long time. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. This one is very dependent on the status of, of Leary. Um, I don't think he plays. It doesn't make a lot of sense for them to play him And this line would tell you that he's not playing. uh, The line move certainly tells you that. Yes. Uh, Because these two teams, I I think, are are really close to even teams. Um, So, obviously, Syracuse home field. But I I think that, yeah, I'm with you. If if Leary doesn't play, I certainly love this. I think this is one we monitor and see how the line moves uh, later on in the week. And, look, this Syracuse offense has just been surprising. I mean, Sean Tucker's running the ball really well. Uh, you know, great contributions from you know uh, um, Garrett Schrader. He's thrown he's he Garrett Schrader's thrown ten touchdowns, only one interception on the season. They're not turning the football over. They're playing great defensively. The offense is getting the job done. Uh, what do they call it? It's it's so it's the fun. Is it the fun house? Is that what they call the Carrier Dome now? I don't know what they're calling. So the UCF dome is now. the bounce house. I think the Carrier Dome is the fun house. It's always boggled my mind that the Carrier Dome doesn't have central air conditioning. Why is that? It's literally named after an air conditioning company. Oh. Like, you'd think if they built a giant building and sponsored it, they'd put some ACs (laughs) in the place, but it's very odd to me. That was dumb. Uh, Its nickname is The Dome. Very creative. Well, no, they they call it something else. It's like the like I said, it's like it's like UCF being the bounce house. Um, they call the, the Carrier Dome something else or whatever, something house or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it, I I love the Syracuse team at home here, especially if NC State is going to be without Devin Leary. Give me Jack Chambers didn't complete a pass in the second half last week against Florida State. Uh, it's also been a rough stretch for NC State. They played Clemson. They played Florida State. Now you got the Syracuse game before the bye. It just kind of feels like the players are ready for a week off. I just want to thank you for not putting Iowa or betting against Iowa on the card. The Loud House. That's what they call it. There it is. The Loud House. Wasn't that like a skit show? Was or something like like, I don't know. Maybe it was on Nickelodeon or something. Loud House. They called it the Fun House. The Loud House. Because it's a dome, it gets loud. You get it? 
I, I'm putting it together. Yeah. I'm putting it together. Do you have a graph or something we can see? <laughs> I want to tweet out. All right. Uh, for my total this week, I'm going to go with Arkansas, BYU over 66. And this is two teams that can't really stop anyone. And Arkansas is getting a massive boost offensively with the return of K.J. Jefferson. The Hogs haven't hit 30 since he got hurt. And Now, mind you, those games were against Texas A&M, Alabama, Mississippi State. Three very good defenses, if not just elite defenses. So that probably had something to do with it. Either way, K.J. Jefferson's going to be a big help. And since allowing 41 to Oregon, BYU's only given up 26 points per game in their three cents. But that was to Notre Dame, Utah State, and Wyoming, all bottom half nationally in scoring offense. Arkansas, 60th in scoring offense, despite that schedule and playing half the season without K.J. Jefferson. And Arkansas defensively, 112th in opponent yards per game. And I've already told you, that includes a game against Texas A&M. <laughs> so if that doesn't bring your average up higher than 112, you know you're a bad defense. Arkansas, BYU, two teams who can run it up. Over 66, the play. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with another over. And I, I just I – mean, can we go back to the well? Let's it's go. Memphis or Houston. It's Who, Memphis or Houston. Uh, <laughs> I mean, these are the two teams that I'll go over every single week. Scotty American on the case here. Uh, I'm going to go over – well, Houston doesn't play this week. So we're going to go over Memphis. Memphis, East Carolina, total is 58. Both of these teams average over 30 points per game. So you have a Memphis team averaging uh, 34 points per game. East Carolina, 30.8 points per game. Both teams, I mean, East Carolina averages almost 500 yards of offense, 475 yards per game. And we all know that Memphis just can't play defense. Look at what happened. Look at what happened against Houston in that game. How did Houston win that game? That's one of the craziest finishes. They, they, Houston scored twenty. But the over never in doubt. Uh, never obviously. in doubt. Houston scored twenty six points in the fourth quarter, and they. I, I mean, granted, the, the, you give up the onside kick, then you give up. Another, it's just another touchdown. It went touchdown, onside kick, touchdown. This was just look. Listen to the, the final four possessions for Houston against Memphis. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. That's that's four touchdowns. That's four touchdowns in four possessions. In four possessions. McKenzie, what's the uh, do some research here? How many touchdowns per possession? That's got to be a hundred percent, right? My calculator must be broken. It's close to it. Says one point oh per possession. One touchdown per possession. Yeah, and it's close to quarter. It's close to a hundred percent, right? Efficiency. It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When we round it, it equals a hundred. Yeah, makes sense. So. I just will play – Memphis is like the Detroit Lions for me. They're going to score a ton of points. They're going to give up a ton of points. So I'll take the over Memphis and East Carolina. All right. There you go. Uh, now it's time to make the decision. Best bet, where do you think we should go? I think if Devin Leary doesn't play, Syracuse is the best bet. All right. Um, it's hard for me to argue that, but anytime you say if this happens, that's, I don't the, think that's a scary plays. thing. I don't think he plays. And we're going to have to keep monitoring Dave Doran's press conferences. But if, you know, all the talk is about Jack Chambers, Jack Chambers, then uh, I think that it's going to clearly be the backup here against Syracuse. All right. I'll say I, I, I'll second that. And then we'll put I think we put corn as the backup option. If for some reason Devin Leary does play, we'll make corn plus 14. The uh, the backup option. Best bet there. So it just it just feels like such a crazy number. Um, all right, that is going to do it for another episode. And 
Scott, I'm going to let you do the commercial read this time. I'm, I, I'm always the one who does it on this show, but you've done it so eloquently lately on Straight Out of Vegas AM, which you should be listening to, guys. And it's on its own feed now, the Straight Out of Vegas AM feed, wherever you find your podcast. If you're not listening to us every day, what are you doing with your life? That's the real question. Uh, but please do and leave us a, a review. You know, leave us a uh, – and subscribe. Follow the podcast. Listen to it every single day. And if you don't, puppies die. It's a terrible well, don't thing. don't say that. No, it's true. That's I what mean, happens. That's horrible. It is. But Take that's, that back. It, no, I, listen, all I can do is leave it in the hands of the people. It's up to them to save the lives. Don't you put that evil on me, that's Ricky Bobby. All I can <laughs> don't do. Don't you put that evil on me. But let's say someone wanted to find something at pregame.com and they wanted to save 20%. Let's say, for instance, NBA season's about to start up, and they're like, "I want McKin- McKenzie. What was your uh, what was your ATS last year against the uh, uh, with the NBA? Fifty-seven percent. Fifty-seven percent in the NBA. How many units were you up? Sixty-four. That's a lot of units, friends. And if you said, you know what, I'd like to do, I'd like to be on board with McKenzie Rivers for this basketball season. Well, you could get it for twenty percent off. Let's say you want Scott's hockey action. Oh, Hockey's yeah. Want to know to start the season, baby. Scott's, Wanna know, baby. Scott made a bold statement. He said, I'm probably going to have a hockey bet every day. Every day. So if you want to get in on that, and let's face it, hockey is a, a more beatable market in yes, some ways than some of these other sports. It's a more liquid market. So, uh, or excuse me, a, a, a less liquid market. So I think that's a, that's a great way to look, too. If, you want it, if you're not looking for a long-term commitment, let's say you're a guy who likes to bounce around a little. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can always do a weekender package or a, uh, you know, even a single best bet. But that seems like a waste of 20% off when you could you could do so much more. But how can they get 20% off this week, Scott? Well, they use the promo code TOTAL20. We like to give out totals here on the College Football Podcast. So the promo code is TOTAL20, and that gives you 20% off. That's good for listeners of this College Football Podcast. It is good for the next week until we give you a new promo code next week. So that's just more incentive to just listen to our podcast. Also, I'll give you a hint. If you listen to Straight Out of Vegas AM, I got another promo code on that podcast. So do yourself a favor and go listen to SOVAM. That, friends, is called the double dip. And you could do that. Uh, Scott, thank you as always. McKenzie, thank you as always. And thanks to the listener for hanging with us. Listen, last week was our worst week of the season. It was a giant kick in the balls. You want to bounce back. Scott wants to bounce back. I want to bounce back. I say we bounce back together. Thanks for riding with us. We'll talk to you next week.